Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And we are recording this session today because it's a time where we're both engaged in a lot of travel. So we're going to put this program, this episode up as soon as we can this week. And then we won't be able to be back live as we usually are on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern time until September 9th. So that's the next time that we'll be live and we'll look forward to being with you and hearing from you directly then. And in the interim, please feel free to send us any questions or comments or suggestions for, for topics. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com and you can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez Nancy's name Saxton Lopez at csmpc.com. We want to let you know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Mass. Dakin is a 501c3 community supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter, medical care, spay neuter services, and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people each year. Since its inception in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in central Massachusetts and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and make a donation at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot O-R-G. And this program is all about recommendations and stories and thoughts that will hopefully be helpful to people who have recently lost a dear animal friend or maybe it's an anniversary or maybe something's going on that just brings the loss to mind. It is a way for us to take the information that we shared in our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups, to take what we share in the book with a broader audience. And so we welcome you to this conversation. And Nancy, you wanna get us started today? Yeah, I thought you, know, you and I had talked about really kind of exploring the human-animal bond, right. um, which has uh, been a, a very important um, concept that probably came out in the 80s, I believe. Um, and there's been a lot of research done. Um, there has been a lot of publications about the benefit uh, that people have with animals and that animals have with us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you and I had have been away a little bit and I was away last, last week. And I noticed, I mean, that how many people brought their dogs of course, you can't transport cats so well, but on ferries, and they were bringing them to their their week or month or whatever stay on the island I was on. And we actually ran into a couple with two corgis from Texas. Now, this is in Massachusetts, so mm -hmm. they're in Texas, and they have their own Instagram Martha's Vineyard in sight. So, and so we talked to them for a while, but we saw Ev Chihuahuas up to, you know, Mastiffs. I mean, it was just amazing how many people, and it's their family member, right? I was gonna say, this is, this is family. I was telling you, we were in Provincetown recently and we brought Abigail to dinner with us. And she mm -hmm. said, we brought a little, a little pad for her to sit on the chair next to us. And they brought her a nice bowl of water. And we learned that 
Provincetown is one of the most mm -hmm. animal friendly places in the United States. I can tell you that my son and his wife live in Germany and they have a dog whose name is Bernie and Bernie goes everywhere with them. And when I visited them in Germany, one of the things I've noticed is dogs are in all public places. They're oh, in restaurants, they're, uh, they're in stores. It's very much different than here. It, it seems that they're just sort of more the norm. It's more the norm for them to be in public places. And it's really gratifying to see mm -hmm. that. And you know, a lot of people now are bringing their dogs and cats and ferrets and rabbits to their work. That's right. <laughs> now it's hard to do horses unless you work in that field. Right. But, but, you know, I mean, and there's a, something on TikTok I want to mention to you. And I don't remember, it's, it's J, George, J-O-R-G-E, but I can't remember his last name. He sits and cuddles with his cows. Uh -huh. So he's the cow is on his shoulder and they licking him. And I mean, it was just fascinating. You know, any kind of animal can work, right? Yeah. Well, it, you know, I think it comes down to, again, this idea that they are far more like us than many people think who are not really close in relationship to them. And when we look into an animal's eyes, there's somebody looking back. There's a consciousness there that is not too very different from ours. I'm reading a book now called Other Minds. It's about, it's about the evolution of consciousness and it focuses largely on octopuses. Ooh, and, I read about this, I think. And, and octopuses have a very similar complexity of, ex, of expressing themselves and doing things and all kinds of complicated behaviors that they're engaged in. And when they are either close to people in their natural environment, so scuba divers who are very interested and researchers who spend time with them, or if they're in labs where they're in aquariums, they exhibit extraordinarily complex and creative behaviors that we would say are playful, that are extraordinarily intelligent, and they're very, very different from us in terms of their neurological oh, sure. makeup. You know, they, they, have, they have a brain and then they have many subbrains that are located in their eight tentacles. tentacles and right. there's, a cl there's lack of clarity from a human perspective on the degree to which the brain actually, the main brain in their, in their head is really in control of orchestrating in the same way that we orchestrate our limbs. And, but they have, they have a consciousness where they track with their eyes and they touch and taste people. And so, I mean, many different life forms, many different paths of evolution. And we still have these extraordinary similarities and we recognize the other in each other in ways that are recognizable to us. <laughs> which, which is so fascinating, right? When you really get into this and I think there's been more and more research. So what I, uh, what I sent you, you know, we were talking about this, um, there is a definition now, um, the H-A-B-R-I, I don't know if they say HABRI, I don't know, but that's the Human Animal Bond Research Institute, uh -huh. defines 
the human-animal bond is a mutually beneficial and dynamic relationship between people and animals that is influenced by behaviors that are essential to the health and well-being of both. Mm -hmm. The emotional, psychological, and physical connections people have with animals and the environment, you would talk about the environment a lot, are also incorporated into the definition of the human-animal bond. So we, we do desire secure connections and we will seek attachment from an, an animate objects and our living organisms. But in this case, we, we seek out, but they seek out, dogs and cats seek us out too. Sure, sure. They want to be connected. They get as much from us as we get from them. Sure, and it's interesting what you said that, that like I have a real strong connection to my tractor. Yes, that's right, right? The cars, we all like our cars, right? But, the tractor, right. And, so, and I could even say, I will, I will admit, I love my tractor. <laughs> my tractor is a lot of fun, but it's very different than, than someone <laughs> my connection yes, to Abigail, my little dog, or to yes. Esme, my cat. And so that's really vital to keep in mind that we're, we're, we have attachments to objects, but mm -hmm. they do not they do not rival the attachments we have to other living beings. Right. And there's, there's just no comparison. And um, something to keep in mind because it's, the, it's at the very heart of the bond that there's somebody else who is engaged in the relationship. There's something happening. It's a mutuality as you were just describing. It's a symbiosis that you, as you were describing. And we get a lot of, of, of benefits, right? Now, Absolutely. but we get our physical health is better. You know, there has been a lot of information on cardiac uh, folks. Yeah, blood pressure comes down right? when we're petting an animal, our cortisol levels, the stress hormone is reduced when we're engaged closely with an animal friend. Absolutely. You know, in fact, this this research institute found out that there were pro it was probably eleven point seven billion dollars um, in, in savings from people who have pets as opposed to those who don't. Wow! It's so medical care savings. Yeah, makes sense. So, makes sense. and eighty five million families in the United States have pets and gain those benefits. Now, of course, they give us unconditional love. They give us companionship. Mm -hmm. They don't mm -hmm. care what we look like or how much money we have or what we drive or any of that mm -hmm. stuff. They just depend on us um, to give them what they need, which helps us. We'd have to take a responsibility for that, right? Sure. sure. There, we talked a lot about this on these episodes that, you know, just to get a pet, like, you know, for years it was difficult because Easter would come and, and people would say, let's get a chick or let's get a bunny. Yeah. Not realizing how much work it is. And how you've got to have a, a whole setup yeah. for them. You've got to have an environment for them to live comfortably and in sanitary conditions. And you never want to have, for example, one chick yeah. because they're intensely social and they need to be in a flock. They need to feel others around them. It's, mm -hmm. it's I wanted to just say also that when you talk about the the health benefits and the the healthcare spend reduction, you know, loneliness oh, is huge. thought to be one of the most mm -hmm. 
one of the most impactful stressors that exists and it's a, and there's a loneliness epidemic that's been expanding for some time but loneliness is thought to be more stressful than things like smoking mm-hmm. and you know really really profoundly profoundly detrimental to our health and of course an animal companion alleviates loneliness in a significant way it's not the same exactly as having human connections but it's really it can be really important in many people's lives well also sometimes our human connections aren't the best <laughs> i mean let's just be honest with that okay Humans, you can have fights with humans you know they can walk out or you get pissed off or they're they can be insulting or whatever that is i'm not saying all that happens no all the time. i, I often say some of my favorite people aren't people <laughs> right. So, dog. I mean, I will say this though. Um, and dogs, you know, don't get mad. You know, they love you yeah. initially. They they don't have. They can have a little bit of an attitude. I remember that um, when we went away one year, and Rosie, well, one of our pugs that, that we had at the time, was mad at us. Right? She was mm. mad at us because we knew she was mad at us when we came home because the bed had just been redone and everything was clean and she got on the bed and peed on it. Oh, cats are famous for doing that kind of thing, right? Cats, my cats have done unspeakable things to our upholstery and bedding in the past. (laughs) So, but all in all, you know, they, you, you certainly, the relationship with an animal is certainly different than the relationship with any human being. And I think that that's what gives people so much peace and calmness and connection and love and companionship because all they just want to do is to be with you. Yeah. You know, it's the whole, it's the heart of this idea of therapeutic pets, pets who are animals, who are, therapies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who are, who are animal companions and, and are trained to be, therapeutic in the person's life. I mean, there's, we, I've known people, I've known veterans, for example, combat veterans who come to work with their animal therapy companion. I'm not sure I have the right language. And we had a, we had a couple who were with us on the broadcast not too long ago, and they had lost the, one of the partners therapy animal companions. And so this is very, very, important in many people's lives. And as you said, it is a compassionate, loving bond that is non-judgmental, that is present for you, and really incredibly healing for many, many people. Many people. And it lessens anxiety, it lessens depression, it creates people to be more social, more physical. and then when you get into, we were talking about the therapies, you know, animals that would help open doors or, or, or yeah. be insightful to a seizure coming on. Yeah. Or, I mean, and initially years ago, uh, we did a group at, at the Seeing Eye in mm-hmm. Morristown. Um, and I mean, can you imagine having that animal who is your eyes, yeah. you know, for a period yeah. of their lifetime and then they die. Yeah. And so that connection you know, that they've had, it's not only the love and the caring, and the compassion and, and the, you know, um, the comrade, comrade, you know, the person, you know, the, the person, the animal who's helping you. Yeah. See. And then serve massive service for you and, and a, I mean, the level of trust 
yeah. that you develop, I imagine, with that kind of, uh, of a service animal is just deep as, as it can be. Right. And even though we all, we all obviously suffer greatly when our animals die. Well, that, one of the things that when I learned about animals that were therapeutic companions, what I immediately started thinking is, aren't they all? Yeah, right. <laughs> they it all kind help of feels us. that way to me. You know, they, they I'll, all, I'll admit that for myself. They all are. <laughs> well, they create us to have a better quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. We actually can give them a, a good quality of life, but they yeah. give us a really good quality of life. So it yeah. and, and enhances our well-being, our wellness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like they're 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 definitely family i mean they're definitely family and and that idea of the bond it's it's very interesting to me when i think about people who don't have animal companions i i i i wonder you know we all we all find our own path in life but it 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 makes me it makes me feel a bit sad as though they're perhaps missing out on something Mm -hmm. that's really fundamental well, I, I think that that's what we used to talk about in the group, um, because some people we know just are not animal folks. They, yeah. They're not interested in it, and that's fine, right? For us animal people, we're like, God, you, you may be missing something, you know? Well, well yeah. Another thing that, that always strikes me is how they ground us yeah. in the relationship that we have with the rest of nature mm-hmm. and that when we have animal companions in our life we are tied to the natural world in a more significant way perhaps than if we don't right. and i just i just think that that's so important particularly in this time when oh, civilization wow. is so broken when it comes to our relationship with the natural world and how our environment yeah there's just so much that we need to do to to reconnect and to and to be in communion as opposed to the illusion of being dominant over the natural world i mean one of the things that that i think it's it's vitally important for human beings to understand is that without the natural world being sound and in harmony we're not going to be. We're not. We can't make it. We're not going to survive. Exactly. And and this whole idea that somehow we can control, we you know we are we are part of it. We're in communion with the natural world, whether we like it or recognize it or embrace it. That's the way it is. We're part of this system here. We're part of this planetary system. Mm-hmm. And and if we and I always see animals as as a as a link companion animals as as the 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 bridge in many ways and you know they for example chickens my chickens live in very close tight proximity they're in, they're engaged with nature all the time they're oh, eating sure. nature all the time you know and and they're generating for me the elements of compost and how important and i just see that in such a such an important, uh, such an important connection. And of course, you know, my dogs, uh, it's just, they're just part of, they're part of us. Right. And that, and it's, I, I was trying to figure out what word 
that I could use that connection. It's almost like we're soulmates. Maybe that's a word to use. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. in some ways, we're just so incredibly connected. The other thing, like you were saying, that they ground us in the environment, they also ground us. Meaning, even if you have a bad day, yeah. even if you are you know, upset about something, even if you or don't feel well, you have to get up and you have to take care of them. <laughs> I mean, and they're just looking at you like, okay, you know, are we <laughs> and, and you if know? you're, you know, if you're really stressed out and you pay attention to your animal friend, they're almost certainly going to help you to calm down. Yeah. They're almost certainly going to, I mean, if you will pay attention to them in a way that is, is trying to be present with them in the way that they're present, you're going to feel probably some of the anxiety alleviate. I mean, it's, it's also true that animals sometimes will mirror our own anxiety. If we're incredibly hyper, but um, if we go for a walk or if we go outside with them and allow them to take the lead spiritually and emotionally, we will be brought to a place that's, more calm and more grounded, as you said. Well, you know, they are, it's, they live in the moment. Yep, and I think yep. a lot of times we as people do not live in the moment. No, it's, we're we always in our heads. Slow up, right. <laughs> makes you slow up, makes you get grounded, yeah. makes you be with them. And that's so healing for us. Yeah, a mind can be a terrible thing, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to quote Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. So it, it, they do so many good things for us. But I also, again, want to point out that they we do good things for them too. I mean, obviously there are some situations that's not the case. And then hopefully those animals are, are removed, you know, and, and, and help to heal. Well, know? there's this whole sad thing that's going on right now in the COVID yeah. In the COVID times where people adopted animals because they were lonely or they needed a distraction. And, and now there's too many of those animals who are being given up again. Yeah. And so it's something to keep in mind that when you adopt an animal, it should be for, for good, right? I mean, it should be. And of course, sometimes it's unavoidable. Yeah, There's sometimes it, illness it strikes or right. the situation changes drastically and it's not possible it to care cool. for them anymore. But, but one of the things that, that's so important is to, to take the responsibility greatly serious because it is a very serious responsibility. Well, it's the same thing we were talking before about the chicks and the bunnies. I mean, it can't yep. be, an, you don't want it to be an impulse buy. You know, no. you want it. You want it to be to really think about. No. You know, do you have the time? Do you have the energy? Do you have the money? Do you have? I mean, if or can, do you have someone that can help you? You know, that because yeah. everyone should have the benefit of an animal. However, there are other ways to do that besides ownership per se. Yep. Um, but you know, you want to make sure that you have the the ability to mm -hmm. really put your heart and soul into taking care of this, of this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, because so. they do so much. <laughs> they do. So we should probably wrap up okay. because I know your time is short actually mm -hmm. today. And so we want to, want to bring this to a close. And 
it's just so it, it's so enlivening. I think just to talk about what what, what animals what they do, do for us, us and, right? And what it means to look in their eyes and, yeah. and just know that you've got this connection with this other loving, living, very sentient being who is part of your life. It's there's nothing like it. And that's and then so we can understand, and that's why we wrote the book about how hard that is when they die. Yeah. Or yeah. they're not here able to be here anymore. Yep. So we understand that because we are animal lovers ourselves and have been yep. a long time. So we wish you we wish you a good period of time. We'll be back on September 9th. Okay. And again, feel free to send us your questions, comments, your suggestions. We're always happy to be in dialogue with folks who are who are part of the audience. Take care, everyone.